0: This time on Matters, we talk about professional development. People who spell Matt with one T are garbage.
1: How I always laugh when people fall down.
0: All this and more on this exciting episode of Matters.
2: His name is Matt. His name is Matt. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Welcome to Matters, where two guys named Matt talk about what matters to you. I am Matt Noss with me at the table. My good friend, Matt Rose. How you doing, Matty? whoop indeed (laughs) my friend
0: uh having a good week uh yeah i actually had my company christmas party today how was it um uh it was at punchbowl social yes um
2: i love that your christmas party is in january
0: well well i know that you're in finance yeah we're in finance and you know i mean automotive shuts down in the last couple weeks yeah so a lot of people wouldn't straight up disappear Uh, yeah Yeah. so they they have it in the i think the second or third week of january um it was good you know everybody got well not everybody got to go my unfortunately my boss didn't get to go what uh because did something blow up um not literally but yeah (laughs) you know there were there were things that happened and i was Sad she couldn't go because I could tell she was really mad that she couldn't go. like not that she couldn't go, just mad that things blew up and she couldn't do what the man other managers were expecting her to do. That's so I, I feel bad she couldn't go. Um, but yeah, work is very stressful right now.
2: <laughs> same here, buddy. Yeah, same here.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, but we have a very special guest on we the do. show today. You may know her from. Being my sister in law. You <laughs> may know her from, if you're in Wheaton, Illinois, performing with her improv team, Rudy Toot. You may know her from her improv training for professionals, Hill Training but I know her as Elizabeth Trepkowski. Hello, hello. HOTUS. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll tag that. Gotta put the punch on the end. (laughs) Put the punch. Elizabeth Trepkowski, HOTUS.
1: I didn't think like my name could get longer because it already has almost every letter in the alphabet and then (laughs) then tag on the HOTUS.
2: You got a beautiful Polish last name. Sans a couple Z's. He got to get a Z in there somewhere. There's,
0: There's somewhere. not a Z in there, so
1: we'll just well, tag yeah. it on the end.
0: Well, it's Elizabeth with a Z, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So I got the Z. I just don't have the X. That is right. I'm missing that. No, I don't.
0: I don't know how many Polish uh, names last names have X's. I don't
1: know. That's a good question.
0: Yeah,
2: it's oh. usually Z and Y are the yeah. C Z Y or yeah W or K or S.
1: Yeah, yeah. a lot of consonants. A lot in lot of Polish names. But surprisingly, now HOTUS is more mispronounced. Than Trepkowski. And I got actually, I hot got. Toos? It's like ho, Hotus I got Hot Us. Um, oh, and I was oh. like, oh, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> hot Us. Yes, yes. Um, it's so funny to the point where I just now I'm convinced my last name is Hodos Because I've just accepted my fate. <laughs> and I got a letter from uh, like an email from LinkedIn or whatever. <laughs> and it said, you know, dear Miss Hotus. And I was like, I read it as dear Miss Hodos and I was like already mad. I'm like that's not my last name. I'm arguing with a letter
2: <laughs> with a piece of paper <laughs> with
1: a piece of paper knowing <laughs> that the intention would have been mispronounced.
2: <laughs> you mispronounce it for other people. Yes. It's I, Otis. <laughs> right.
0: Honestly, uh, in my head I would read it as Hodor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, yes, for our wedding, we got someone uh got us a doorstop that had hodor on it because they're like it's close enough, right?
0: <laughs> well, so is it H O T U S?
1: It's I wish. Um it is H O D O S. So I think that's why people think Hodos. Um and um Dan, my husband, his uh really good friend that he's known since college, uh Didn't know it was Hodis until our rehearsal dinner. So for you know 15 years that she's known him, she always thought it was Hodos until it was pronounced at a rehearsal dinner.
2: (laughs) Oh God,
0: I I I pronounced uh, Eric's last name not Hanky but Wallison. Yeah. Um, because you go Wool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I pronounced his last name wrong for so long. I spell I Dustin. yeah. Uh,
2: I, I, I have one of our friends, his last name is is K U Y. It starts with K U Y. Okay. And I would go, Ku. But he's like, no, it's, it's like Guy. K- Kai. Oh,
1: Kai. Kai Kendall.
2: Yeah. And I, I would, I, but I'm like, well, now I need to know how to say it right because <laughs> yes. I'm going to say it in your vows. So, <laughs> right, <it's> like, <laughs> you got to drill it in, drill it in. Really, but once he said it, it's like, it's like Guy with a K. I'm like, oh, cool. Kai Kendall. Kaikandal.
1: No, gotcha. I remember because it's like those little devices. Exactly. Kaikandal. That's a fun mm-hmm. last name
0: to say. NOS gets mispronounced NAS a lot. Okay, I could see that. But I don't know. I'm just kind of over it. I'm like, you know what bug was my mind? What's that? When people mispronounce my name. <laughs> Rose. <laughs> what
1: do they say?
0: I will go to a pharmacy and, and I mean, like, I only have to deal with this, the people that have not worked there a very long time because I know almost everyone at the pharmacy I (laughs) I have a lot of prescriptions Um, but I'll go up and uh, last name Rose can you spell that oh no R-O-S-E oh Rose (laughs) yes Rose exactly what I said is there another (laughs) spelling that I I, am not aware of I thought you said schmoes (laughs) well and sometimes and i'm this sorry is no joke. sometimes i hear with an sch <laughs> but like sometimes <laughs> they will ask for a spelling for both rose can you spell that r-o-s-e first name matt <laughs> what no. matt can you spell that M- M-A-T-T. m-a-t-t oh i mean to be fair A Mm. lot of the people that work at the pharmacy are foreign born. Okay, that's true. Yeah, you know, I'm willing to cut them slack. For for sure. But if it was like, if it was Matt working behind the counter, (laughs) and it was like, Matt, can you spell that? Yeah, go fuck yourself. I can spell that.
1: (laughs) It's like it says Matt on your tag. Yeah, you are all you know how to
0: spell the name, dude. Though there are some Matts who spell M A T. Yeah. And those mats are stupid. Right, so. <laughs> those mats are chaos agents. <laughs> They're garbage. We've just They're judged garbage. Them. <laughs> oh oh no, I know one Matt who spells it M A T, and he can just go fuck himself. So right.
1: <laughs> that one Matt, go fuck
0: yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're
2: welcome. Uh, before we started recording here, um, because you are my sister-in-law, yeah. uh, we were talking about my uh, my wonderful daughter, Rosemarie. Yeah, and um, I was telling the story about. How Catherine and I got married, and me asking your dad's um, blessing uh, for for marrying Catherine, and kind of just that moment. And you were saying like your dad was well. I was saying that your dad was very emotional, which um, is
1: so out of character for him. Like because he is just he he's so even keeled. Like and anything could happen. He'd be like, "Well, all right." that (laughs) happened. it's just not the (laughs) levels they're pretty pretty close together between extreme highs and lows
2: yeah and i am i'm a fairly emotional guy um i I, if i'm happy you know it and i'm happy fairly often yeah yeah. like i i I try to err towards happiness or just straight neutral (laughs) (laughs) i'm not my depression is much more on numbness than it's ever been. Like <laughs> woe <Whoa> is me. <laughs> um,
0: but take a wild guess which one I am. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: but your your dad with my daughter is a different person.
1: I've never seen this person before. It is. It just absolutely like he's oh so. <laughs> He's just like, where's Rosemary? I'm like, I don't know if she's over there. Okay, cool. <laughs> and he runs away <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think he would do that for any of his own children, but his grandchild, he's like, where is she? Cool, great. If you're holding her, she's like, here, she'll come with me. <laughs> Takes her away. The, the fun
0: guy's here. Yeah. yeah, the
1: fun guy, yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, <laughs> I, have, I have met your dad on a variety of times. Um, Every time I ever met him, you guys are exactly right very even keeled, very like a uh, very bob rosish, you know <laughs> yeah. like right very very even keeled doesn't really he does he plays the cards kind of close to the chest, yeah, not a bad guy, not not one way or the other, yeah, real level dude, but I brought this up earlier. When Rosemarie's involved, your dad is Gallagher. He is smashing watermelons and and making pun jokes. He is a completely different dude than like he was at your wedding and stuff. So,
1: it's just like he would like fight you. My dad is not like a fighter, but if you hold rosemary and he wants to like have his rosemary time, he would fight you. He would <laughs> take you out. He'd be like, no, 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 that's my girl. My time.
2: My my time. time. <laughs> it's just it, it's it's wild because, you know, obviously I love your dad and I yep. love your mom. And they're very welcome in our house, and they're very welcome with Rosemarie. And there is kind of a feeling, especially since they live in Philadelphia, yeah. that I have, even though I'm like, this is uh, this is my house with Catherine, so it's our house, yeah. and you are guests in our house, mm-hmm. there is also a, I get it, you you, you need this, so here you go. Yeah. And I'm willing to kind of, not not that I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm just like, you're going to have your time now. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and you're going to be probably doing things that I would not do. Sure. You know, just because I'm going to give you more leeway right now. I'm going to give you a little bit more slack because yeah. this might be the only time you see her for the next 45, 50 days. Yeah. So
1: it's, yeah. And he, it's like so precious to him and he just like loves that time. And my mom, and my mom is a baby, you know, my mom, she's like a baby person. And if there's like a child in within like any radius she's like okay how can we help this child what can we do right. um, like and then like amp it up like 5000 so when they come it's just like rosemary time and they're like great 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 we're going to go see rosemary hi elizabeth anyways <laughs>
2: <laughs> so i i talked to my mom about the, about it because my yeah. mom my mom is a lot more effusive than i am at times like mm-hmm. she is even when i was a kid like she is hey, whenever a kid was around like that is her kind of default like if a if a puppy was in she would be like high-pitched happy talking to a puppy oh. but yeah. but with rosemary she also kind of gets into that hey baby girl you'll see oh. you'll see my mom tomorrow yeah because she's gonna be watching rosemary and like she is very up here and i was like so how's being a grandma oh yeah you know because I'm i'm interested i'm interested and she's like it's the best and I I started to draw parallels to why it would be so different yeah. for your mom and dad because I was like, this does seem to be different. I mean, obviously they're in much different relationships with you with you mm-hmm. um, because because everybody's older. They are now empty nesters. They are now in a different phase of their life. But I was like, what is it about grandkids? Yeah, and it's totally the elusive obvious. It's right there. It's like. It's everything that they get to, to they got to experience with their own kids
0: without they, the bad.
2: <laughs> well with with the added bonus of you get to understand how precious it is, you don't have to worry about the food, clothing, yeah yeah the, the bad yeah that's that's what I mean like the nuts and bolts of yep, yep, yep. yeah of every every other aspect like your dad yeah. is a protector.
1: Oh, a hundred percent.
2: Your dad wants to feather the nest. Absolutely, he's like, I'll just work my face off until you know yeah. I've got four kids. Um, there's only one answer for that, and just it's just work, work, work. I'll just work some more. <laughs> it's and it's just like it's weird. I didn't
0: really see dad until I was fourteen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's that's that's, it. that's that's Bob Rose. I mean, like, very. Similar. I yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I. I I remember like when I was in Little League and stuff, my dad would show up at the games. But, you know, my games were at six something. My dad would just drive from work to my games mm-hmm. a lot of times. So he'd still be wearing like his suit <laughs> and stuff. And my dad got to work around seven o'clock. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, he was working a full day. Yep. and then going from work to my games. So, yeah, yeah. like,
1: it's, yeah, it's y- very similar with mine because we had, um, I had basketball usually on Saturdays. Like, I was on the local rah rah team. Um, <laughs> I think we won one game. I think that was it. Uh, we but were not. <laughs> we won. You
0: won one game. There was just one game. Up, just uh, when any, whenever anyone <laughs> asks about. Your basketball career. Just talk about that one game. Stellar moment don't talk about the failures. <laughs> Just focus on that one game and how you dunked.
1: Oh yeah. There was a <laughs> lot of dunking, you know.
0: Mentally dunked. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> My Jordan moments. Right. Like
0: half court. Cr-
1: yes. <laughs>
0: You blocked a shot and you'd wagged the finger.
1: Yes, I was like, not today, (laughs) not Not happening. Not my house. When the Tumbo get here? (laughs) (laughs) We were so bad. They sent a cheerleading group to come, like, like support (laughs) us because they were like, maybe they just need to feel supported. And of course, this is like the one game my dad's coming to, and I'm like, super. I was super aggressive at the time, and I had like this super bad temper. So my dad. (laughs) <laughs> when anyone would be like, "Which child's yours?" He'd be like that red-faced mean one that's barreling <laughs> down the court. <laughs> red-faced mean <laughs> one. <laughs> so like, and then he'd be like, after the game, he'd be like, "Well, all right." He would just not
0: talk about it. Again. <laughs> so that happened. <laughs>
1: He was, I think, slightly horrified. And then when I went into boxing and fought on Fight Night and he came to see Fight Night, I think that for him was like such a well, this is happening. All right. And you know, my dad's levels are like a little up, a little down. He's like, well. I don't want to see that again. <laughs> As I beat up this girl and break her nose. Oh <laughs> no! And my dad is stand. Oops. Um, my dad is standing next to the uh, guy who, whose daughter I was fighting in the fight, and he was just like, "I'm so sorry for her. <laughs> I'm so sorry." So it was like that was the little time I had with my dad was spent with him seeing me in like crazy aggressive. Sports situations.
2: I'm sure there was a part of him was like, "Well, she can take care of herself, then. <laughs> <laughs> We're good there." It's like
1: it did my job. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it is. It is odd. Not odd. That's such a weird word to use, but it is like because I just watch. I like watching how people react, yeah. and like it. It's interesting because, like, when my dad uh, met Rosemary for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad is um, not the best. Um, I still love him because he's yeah. my dad, but really the the, the 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 whole thing is super strained. Mm-hmm. And uh, if Matt never sees him again, it'll be too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would put it in an even harsher way, but yeah. yeah <laughs> wow, well, yeah. So when he met her, he held her like if I handed a baby to someone who had no idea how babies worked.
0: Oh no. So, in other words, me. (laughs) Well, I
2: I handed, I let Dougie hold her for a minute, and Dougie Mm -hmm. has never held babies, and that's what he said. And he doesn't have any children. And Mm -hmm. so, for him to hold a baby like he's never held a baby before is exactly what I would expect. Yeah. And then I watched my dad hold this baby like he's never held a baby before, and I was like, wait a fucking minute.
1: He has two kids.
2: He has two kids. I'm like, and I know I've mentioned this on the show before, but it was it like really rung a bell with me. Like, mm-hmm. I had to talk to my mom. I'm like, yeah. did he hold us when we were baby babies?" I mean, like I remember older, yeah, there was plenty of hugs and all of that stuff. But like when we we're baby babies, he was like, "Nah, really, nah." He was like, "It took him a long time to even be." Wow. I think it was like once we could listen and understand and give him the pulpit that he,
0: the <laughs> audience, <laughs> he audience so desperately wanted. He desired that the, stage, the, 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 the un- audience. unquestioning <laughs> audience. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, like exactly. There's, there's pictures of my dad like uh, holding us and stuff, and like having the head supported and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it's like, I think back to that, but I also think back to the fact that I think he was smoking a pipe. <laughs> so here's the baby and then like the pipe <laughs> off to the side where it was like eh it was early 70s whatever
1: and <laughs> like the baby's fine no yeah like uh, d-
0: Sarah um, Sarah Klein uh, talked about how when she was a baby <laughs> her dad was changing her diaper and smoking a pipe and the pipe <gasps> overturned and it dumped hot tobacco <gasps> right in her <gasps>
3: No. She was okay. She was
0: okay. But her dad freaked out. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. And (laughs) I just, I can't even imagine where it's just like, whoa. Like, I mean, like, you just saw my panic state where I just wave my arms (laughs) back and forth. Like, I'm trying to put out a fire. Like, ah, uh, like, do you pick the baby up and shake (laughs) it up and down to get the stuff off? Do you, like, smack the ashes? What do you do at that point? Yeah, I I would just make sure that I always walked around with like a big jug of water. <laughs> so it's like no matter what happens to this baby, there's a jug of water here. You could put out the fire real yeah. fast. Or just like Stop. if if the if like I don't know, like a thing of bleach <gasps> fell over on the table, it's just like splash that baby with water.
3: <laughs>
0: okay, so this 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 goes down to some basic parenting. <laughs> Called well, "Don't smoke pipes by your children."
1: <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: I mean, that was that was a uh, that was a different time. <laughs> don't, don't
2: pour the bleach. On. Don't yeah. Don't Can't use stop, bleach and roll that near, shit near babies.
0: Um, get oh. get the gates up. Get, get the gates, gates up. Get
1: the gates up. Put the bleach on a different shelf.
0: Yeah, just remember that. Like when we were little kids, they didn't have the gates. No, and like you know, they didn't have a lot of the stuff we have now. No, they so. had wishes. <laughs> they had a lot of wishes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like they're
2: gonna be fine. No, well, run, run them in the street. No big deal. There Call was there stuff. was an element of like, ah, mm-hmm.
0: get Bill's character.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scar- well,
0: <laughs> so. chick dick scars. <laughs> Hearing my mom tell the story of how a neighbor brought one of us home when we were little kids, we made our way out the front door mm-hmm. when, like, my mom was washing dishes or something. Oh sure. And a neighbor she did not know brought one of us back <gasps> where my mom was like hey where'd that one go <laughs> oh no and a neighbor was i mean there weren't that many neighbors in the subdivision at that point so it was like all right process of elimination probably that house <laughs> <laughs> and so they brought the you know i think it was me but it, i you know I, I was a little kid so i i, I don't remember or it was yeah. my brother or sister but they brought it my, my mom was just like, oh my god. <laughs> it's like oops Ooh. Like it's it's the Simpsons episode where um, Maggie <laughs> Maggie drives the car away and she's like driving down the road. And like waving at people, and she crashes into the thing and, and like falls asleep on the airbag. And Chief Wiggum brings the baby back, and he's like, Is this your baby? And Homer freaks out and starts kissing like kissing Wiggum <laughs> on the head and like hugging the baby. And he's like, I can't stay mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is crazy because like uh, she's
2: congested right now. Oh no. Um, which means no, I have oh, row, to. Tiny row. Tiny row. Um, is congested. So that means I have to do the uh, what is yeah, the, that asp- aspirator, me out, the aspirator? The aspirator that freaks me out.
1: It, it is freaks not... me out too. Yeah, I'm just like I, I would... would destroy a brain with that thing.
0: Oh no, mine. Mine was I would probably barf doing it.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, oh. So we have. Um, yeah, you, you you just get over everything. I think it's like if you can clean the litter box, you can you can. Well, so
0: feet. like it's it's funny that you mentioned that because I am so eh when it comes to like getting injured or seeing people get injured or getting blood on me like i don't I don't care i've done it for 23 years whatever not a big deal but other people i think if they saw someone like tear the <laughs> ligaments in their knee in front of them they would freak out and it's like oh no i know what that sounds like it sounds like pants tearing <laughs> like huh. oh, yeah God. it's a terrible noise don't get me wrong <laughs> but it's like you hear it and you turn around and you're like, eh, that's gonna hurt someone.
1: Yeah. You're like, all right, <laughs> or, that happened. Or the sound
0: of bones breaking. Oh, that is a terrible noise. But like you hear it and you're like, All right, someone have a phone?
1: <laughs> oh, you're just like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, Tuesday. We got some broken bones. It's
2: fine. <laughs> You were involved with one of the first broken bone incidents that I ever (gasps) saw.
1: Oh, my gosh. This I think I must have come off as the most horrible person in the world.
2: Never Uh, in that moment did I think you were going to be my sister. You
1: were probably like, if I never see this girl again, that'll be fine. So we
2: were at Second City when it was in the Fountain Walk in Mm. Novi. And um, Bob Marquis,
0: yep. Elizabeth, oh, and I. Oh, no. Yeah. You were there when he broke his Oh, roots?
2: and I'm
1: like oh. the worst person to have if... Yes. So I
2: don't, to this day, really know why uh, Bob did this. But yeah. there was park benches there. It was like freestyle walking, right? And he was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna launch over it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and you were kind of like, sure, launch over it. Or maybe. <laughs> you may have egged him on. I don't remember.
1: I think I was I was sarcastically being like, Oh yeah, you can do that. Like knowing like, don't do that. That is not a good idea. And I think it probably came off as not sarcastic. Do it. Do it.
2: <laughs> so he starts to run. He jumps, clears one foot, his oh, back no. foot catches, oh, and he no. basically just, his momentum pulls him straight, straight down. down. Oh. I remember. And, and then it was just <laughs> cold, dead, oh. against, against the concrete. Oh.
1: And I see this whole thing happening in like slow motion, so I'm like, oh, no.
2: And then it happens. <laughs>
1: I bust out oh, laughing because <laughs> anytime and it's like I don't know if there's like a anytime anyone falls down I just start laugh if I fall down like and hurt myself I will start laughing if mm-hmm. anyone falls down around me I will start laughing I don't know why but it to me is just like the natural reaction so, <laughs> so I so I totally
0: I'm, get it I you yes. and I are the same in this uh, and I actually have another friend um named Elizabeth mm-hmm. and she her reaction to really stressful situations, like when someone in her office had a heart attack, is to laugh. Yeah, It's it's involuntary. She just starts laughing. And everyone was like, why are you laughing? Bill had a heart attack. And she's like, I can't, you can't explain it. it. You can't it's a more hysterical that. reaction yes, than yeah,
1: it is. Yeah. That's 100%. But so,
0: So for me, I have laughed during injuries mm-hmm. so many times. And people are like, this guy is out of his mind. <laughs> yes. um, where the, I the
2: injuries that make me laugh are the ones that are just dead pain. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> if a, if I'm at a table and there's a and there's a pole in the center, and you hit that space between your knee <gasps> and Ooh. where like the kneecap yes. ends, but your knee's still there, oh. and you like you slide over at full body weight mm-hmm. and you rail it. And you do it more than once. <laughs> the Berkeley front, which is now closed, used to have tables that had that pole in the center. And I remember I'm scooting over, and somebody else is coming. So the first time I scoot, rail it, and it's like,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's that, is that sound? It's <laughs> <laughs> that
3: is, oh, yep, yep.
2: that is pain. Yeah, that is what pain
0: feels like.
2: <laughs> yes. And
0: then the second time,
3: oh. <laughs> It does keep just keeps happening. Yeah, when I was
0: again. when I was working on my uh, my one bathroom, I was taking pieces of wood that had been up, and I was splitting them in two. And you know, I was just doing it with my hand. And I had like a garbage can, and I would just smack it in the middle, and the two pieces would clap and, and fall in. And there were nails <gasps> in them, and just this one piece. I wasn't paying attention when I put it up and I smacked it and the one piece came up and it hit me right in the face and the nail missed my eye by about a half an inch oh, no. and it actually I actually have like a little scar up there it hit me and I fell on the ground because I could feel the actual wood hit my eyeball and then I just felt like the the sharp pain of a cut and I was rolling on the floor in my garage <laughs> laughing. And, like, I opened my eye, and I could still see, and it was like, ah, I'm fine. And then I just died laughing. <laughs> and I got up, and I was like, you are the dumbest person ever <laughs> and so lucky. And then, like, I got the next piece, and I turned it down, and I very gently smacked it in the middle and broke it and moved the two pieces and then, like, put my goggles on, and it was like not again
1: <laughs> like, we're just gonna keep going oh my gosh yeah. yeah so and so bob like launches over this thing this whole thing's like happening in slow motion i'm dying because it's just can't i can't not
0: well and you it's, also you're not really sure what happened you just saw a dude eat it
1: eat it like <laughs> so bad like a somersault in the air
2: <laughs> and like, bob popped up
1: like so like fast nothing
0: happened nothing happened, happened. Nothing it, happened. Yeah.
1: And so I thought he was okay because he kind of looked around like, uh, what's but, the telescope? Like kind of looking from one side to the other. Like, periscope. <laughs> periscope. Yeah.
0: But wasn't his hand like wobbling like oh. jelly? Oh, it was <laughs> in retrospect. It was like, I, we need to go to
2: the emergency room. Yeah. <laughs> but he was like,
1: he went home. <gasps> I didn't know. Did he go
0: home? He went home and he went to bed No. <gasps> and he woke up. And it was like it was like my hat was on his. I'm sure. Oh, so no, then, and then no. he went to the doctors, and he's like, "I broke my arm last night." Oh then.
3: my gosh, no. <laughs>
2: no! Oh man! Oh
0: god! Oh, at least at least it wasn't one of those terrible breaks. Like I know that you've seen them, and I've seen them where like it'll break in the middle, but it's a clean break, and the arm just turns to jelly Ooh. because there's nothing keeping that bone on. It is the worst thing it is so terrible and you're so confused because it's like his arm's not supposed to look like that what the hell's going on here i don't know what's going on ah <laughs> like you, happens. you it's it's like you know the the stages of grief it's the stages of what the fuck is wrong with that guy's <laughs> arm <laughs>
1: <laughs> it shouldn't be hanging off. Yeah, like, oh, it's, it's over there. That's, that's, it shouldn't. It's really weird. It's really It's like that's no not, arm
2: should be hanging off. That's <laughs> that's a good. Policy. We have a
1: hard
0: and fast rule here. <laughs> if it's yeah, hanging like,
1: off, we're gonna fix it. Yeah, just so you know.
0: Yeah, like all you gotta do is is just Google like skateboarding accidents. Oh my god, you'll you'll find a lot of those videos.
2: Oh my gosh,
0: let's not. Listen, <laughs> no, I don't recommend it. It's just it's a thing that could happen. Don't follow that don't follow that whole man.
1: I can't watch people falling down because it makes me laugh too hard. And it's so like even though I'm like, that looks so painful, and then I'm laughing. And this is just not oh, normal. Man. This is not a normal human reaction. The, f- the
0: first time that I had ever seen uh Takashi's Castle. Yes. Uh, I don't oh. know Takashi's Castle. So have you ever seen Wipeout? the no, the show where like people have to run an obstacle course and they're like bouncing off of stuff and and all what, that what
1: what year was that in was that in like
0: Wipeout I think was it in 80s? the American 80s?
1: version
2: was in mid 2000s
1: Oh okay no I've never seen Wipeout Like
2: American Ninja Warrior is still on Okay yeah but it was precursor but, but this was kind of like a little adjacent like because Wipeout is much more focused on anybody running <laughs>
0: and it's it's folks I can do this exactly, it's like. much more focused on comedy than it is people legitimately Making it all the way through on skill, <laughs> right? To like me, you, I can just
1: see myself eating a brownie, taking my brownie, taking a swig, swig of soda, and being like, "I'm ready, coach. Here we go."
2: That is, that's why. That is, that is
0: literally what they do before they run. <laughs> oh is, no! As in like the Takashi's castle thing. <laughs> oh, no, it was it was Japanese people, and they would get them to say something before they run and then um in the american version of this they just dubbed over what they were saying oh perfect and then they would like because there would always be two teams in takashi's castle and in the american version they would just make up a rivalry between <laughs> between the two teams and like this one week i think it was like Prostitutes and police or whatever. (laughs) And so like the one person would go up and it would be like, I'm gonna prostitute forever. And then the other person would be like, I'm gonna catch you. Hooray! And then they would have to run this obstacle course. And these people because they built the obstacles so people didn't get hurt. Yeah. They just bit it. (laughs) And like their faces are bouncing off and stuff. They made wipe out. Essentially the same thing, but they, instead of Takashi's Castle, they just made it like a fake ESPN show. So they had like the two commentators giving like running commentary. Oh, that's so um, they they focused a lot more on <laughs> on people getting hit in the face with things, <laughs> usually balls. Um, it's classic. The first time that I saw it, I was in Ypsilanti. And I I think I was the only American at the party. The rest of the people were Turkish. So they're all speaking Turkish and, and whatnot. And I was laughing. So like, have you ever laughed so hard? The back of your head is cramping. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was because they were having a marathon because it was like a holiday, like maybe Memorial Day or something. I thought the back of my head was going <laughs> to fall off. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> And like people would walk by and they'd be like, what's wrong with that dude? <laughs>
3: like, Why and they'd be like,
0: I don't know. He's watching some show. And then a couple of people would stop and they'd be watching and they'd be like, no, I get it now. I get this guy. This guy is all right. This guy's good <laughs> He's me. not
1: going. Like what does it like? I laugh so hard at old. Um like game show bloopers like the mm-hmm. outtakes of the bloopers if i'm ever having like a really bad day or something just not going well i just watch like reruns of newly the newlywed game bloopers and the things be- in the butt <laughs> yes all the time they, my favorite is when someone's like outing like you know they're they're crazy <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> the the in the butt is Oh, potentially one of the funniest things <laughs> ever put on tv yes.
1: oh that and it's just like the deadpan and the straightness of them <laughs> just being like in the butt
2: <laughs> like no they did not just say that how, how could they
1: why would they even think that was remotely part of the answer and yet this <laughs> is what the answer is uh oh, it's just so wonderful or when they um they ask questions about, like, you know, their sexual past. And, you know, they're talking about living together. It's just like, my mom's watching this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all the stuff that they talk about is just, oh, love it. Oh.
2: The the most peculiar place you've made whoopee. <gasps> in, in the butt. <gasps> is the butt?
1: <laughs> so good. or And the other one's, like, uh the other guy... Uh, There was this couple, and they're like, what's the most peculiar place you've made Whoopi? And the guy's like, oh, you know, at the drive-in. And his wife goes, we've never done it at the (laughs) (laughs) drive-in.
0: like, oh, no. I I thought he was asking, like, me as a person. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Not us. (laughs) Good save. Good save. That's
1: definitely going to get you. (gasps) Oh, it's just wonderful. Did you just
0: high-five yourself? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i did it <laughs> you didn't
1: no one's judging a high five to yourself <laughs> sometimes you just need to, if that's the kind of day you're having just gotta high five yourself and keep going
2: matt and i watched a bunch of uh
0: rough and rowdies last night What's oh. a, what are rough and rowdies it's it's idiots punching each other <laughs> no. it's it's three minute or three one minute rounds of just absolute idiots throwing haymakers just
2: haymakers like just people who don't know how to fight getting boxing gloves and and boxing
0: (laughs) helmets on not all of them even had the helmets (laughs) some of them just came out without the helmets and it was just a flurry of boxing gloves and so i watched some boxing videos today when i got home from the party because we had been talking about tyson um which is crazy he very frequently knocked someone out with one punch i believe it yep where he would just he would box he would he would duck he would weave and then just pop Oof. and the guy would fall flat on his back uh let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more matters
2: after this <laughs> Welcome back to Matters. Uh, Before we get into the last section of the show, I have to ask you about Hill Training. Oh, yeah. So what is going on? What is this? What is this thing? What is this thing? This
1: magical, magical place called Hill Training. Um, It's a company I founded. Um, It focuses on uh, developing interpersonal skills and communication skills uh, using the tenets of improvisational theater. So improv. Uh, a lot lot of people, when I say that are like, wait, what? It's like the record scratching, like, like what exactly does this mean? Um, but really there's so many good principles that we use in improv and different, um, things that people might've heard of like, yes, and, and all these concepts, um, that are just good relationship building techniques and relationship building things that help, um, bring teams together that help, um, make you communicate more effectively. And essentially it's a really nice way kind of where the rubber meets the road um, and a way to actually experience what it's like to actively listen, actively support each other and do it in a way that's fun and interesting um, and actually helps you learn a language that will make collaboration easier, Mm -hmm. Um, which is crucial. I think a lot of times um, when uh, kind of a little background on how, uh, I've started this company as, um, I've been doing improv for over 16 years. Um, I think same amount of time as you, cause we were going through around the same time, right now? Yeah, man? right on there. Yeah, I think so. Is it 16 years now? Something like that.
2: 2002?
1: Two? Yeah, I think it's 2002. Yeah. A while a while
2: oh. <laughs> we've been around the earth cooled and we started improvising that's right <laughs> one, d- one day i'll get better at it
1: <laughs> <laughs> i've like come to the point where i'm like well it's where i'm at <laughs> <laughs> um so i started improvising um and i just at first i was very nervous about it cuz i didn't really know what it was. And I was like, oh, this is for funny people. I'm not funny. So this is going to be a long three hours. But what I quickly realized was improv is really just about unscripted human interaction that we do every day. And the guidelines that they give you and the exercises and games that they give you um, help make those interactions the most impactful interactions that you can have. And that really spoke to me and I really love that. And throughout the years I've been on many different teams, worked with a lot of different people and you know, like we're still, I mean, clearly now you're my brother-in-law. Right. (laughs) So connections are built, (laughs) um, (laughs) real human connections. Um, but like people that I've met over the years have always stayed very, um, close to like very close with. And if anyone needed anything, I would be more than happy to help them. Um, uh, also, I was doing in my professional life, um, I was finding that that wasn't always the case And different teams. Or when anyone asks you to be on a committee, their first reaction is probably like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> why am I being asked to join this team or this committee? Um, yeah. In improv, people like look for ways to work together. Uh, it's something you want to do. And so I was noticing this like difference in the way teams worked um, between improv and just you know, my professional life. Right. Uh, which you probably see all the time. Oh Yeah.
2: It's yeah.
1: It's insane. It's almost like a different world.
2: It is a different world.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I'm the same person. How, how is this? How does this happen? I think that was what really, um, piqued my interest.
2: Right. I think when I hear, when I hear that, because as an improviser, as somebody who's gone through it and, and does it and knows the benefits of doing it, There is pragmatism Mm -hmm. in business that tends to eschew it. It Mm -hmm. tends to be like, that's stupid. (laughs) Why am I going to do stuff that funny people do? Right. So I'm sure you come up against that when Mm -hmm. you talk to companies or you talk to individuals that you're going to coach or kind of come in. How does that work for you? Like, Mm -hmm. what, what do you start telling them?
1: When people are say like, oh, that's why am I doing something that would be for someone who's right, funny. Like some, yeah, because
2: yeah, some people are just so analytical and bottom line driven and yep. like uh, they're not, you know, some people like earlier today we were talking about or just <laughs> earlier we were talking about your dad's a pretty even keeled dude. Yep. Mm-hmm. For him, he's not going to be like, why am I going to play Zip Zap zap? I don't understand, <laughs> understand why I would ever do that. That is... No, I. I feel I, silly. I feel silly, and I I do books and numbers, and yes. I understand this thing. This is my world. So, what is, what is the value proposition that you give those yeah. types of people? Yeah, that because you've had success Absolutely. with this, and you and you've done it like. And I don't think it's convincing them mm-hmm. to change their mind.
1: No, no, it can't be.
2: But how how do you talk to a person like that? Or where do you get them to see the value?
1: Yeah, sure. I think that sometimes we can we can be bottom line focused. We can have all of that. And that's great. And we want people to be that way. We want them. We need those analytical thinkers. Um, but what I found really interesting in um, is that 75% of your, I think actually it might be more close to 80%, but I'll be conservative, I'll say 75%, um, of your job success actually is dependent on your soft skills ability. And that, when I read that and when I first started learning about that, it kind of blew my mind. So only 25% of your job success comes through your technical skills. So So even- where did that come from? So that is actually from, there was a Stanford research group that did a long study and I, I can't remember how many people, over 1,500, I think, participated. Um, In this study, and they found that over time, the job success actually depended on your human skills. And how often do we actually practice our human skills? Like, how often do we practice listening?
2: Human skills? Human skills. (laughs) Human skills. You know, just those human.
1: (laughs) Uh, Just like those... You know those little skills, <laughs> but how often do we practice actually listening to each other or building trust? I think when we put together twice a week, <laughs> twice a week,
0: <laughs> two podcasts. So that's when I do it. <laughs> the rest of the time, nope.
1: Forget it. Not doing it. <laughs> um. So when I when when we look at some of the actual statistics and studies that have been done around this kind of work, um. They pay off and actually they see people who actively implement, um, training around, um, improving those interpersonal skills, those communication skills. See, I've seen anything from, I think this was a study out of, is it the... It's Hay Group, if I'm remembering off the top of my head correctly. But I can send you the stuff, so you could actually link it if you want to. Um, that 49, you'll see a 49. You can see upward 49% increase in your productivity when you actually take time to actually practice these skills. Could you imagine being 49% more productive in your work? Like that. That alone, to me, blows my mind. Just by practicing these critical skills. Huge. Just listening, communicating better, better, building trust. Um, There was a study that's actually being conducted right now out of the University of Michigan. And I think also in conjunction with, I think it's Stanford, but again, I'm going to have to double check on that, um, that they're doing internationally and they've seen up to 250% increase in productivity by practicing these skills. And I don't like to use that specific study because it's international. It's not national. And I'm like, well, I want to, keep it local and what it could potentially do. But the problem is, and why don't we all just develop these skills all the time? Like why, why don't we do this? If they have such an impact and if they're so critical to our job success and so critical to being actually efficient at what we do and make us feel better and more engaged and all those beautiful things that come with it, why don't we do it? Um, well, the reason we don't do it is it's super hard to do those skills. It's super hard to, um, help someone, um, be more engaged. It's super hard to get someone to actively listen. And even if they're not a good listener, they're not ever going to admit they're not a good listener. And they're never going to be like, they're going to be like, I listen great. It's perfect. Um, So how do you get someone who, you know, has been doing their job for a long time, who knows their job well, how do you get them to break some habits and start to communicate differently without telling them how to communicate and allow them to experience how to communicate differently?
2: Right. <laughs> because, you know, I work at a company where there's a lot of tenured people. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm, a now, I'm now a very tenured person and there is a lot of like, oh, this is the way we do it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and it's, some of it is, well, as long as I know how to do this thing, Mm-hmm. I'll have a place to work, <laughs> right? You know, like there's a lot of preserve your job. Yeah, you know I mean yes. that's that's, I I think that's generational because I don't sure. feel the same thing. But maybe it's just the longer that you're in a role or a place or a job, mm-hmm. it can turn into well now I need this to when i'm 20 yeah. i don't care about things as much as i care about them at 41 Absolutely. where i'm like i have a daughter and a wife and a house and responsibility mm-hmm. i need to keep this job and you start maybe not exploring yeah and it, and it's probably because of a lack of exposure too i mean right. i i am not like my coworkers you know move for in a lot of ways, you know, they they care about things that are important to them. Yeah. But like, they're like, you do podcasts? And I'm like, yeah, I do.
0: Th- <laughs> what is podcast?
2: <laughs> what is, how, po- how podcast? How,
1: how does podcast work? You know, I,
2: I do three of them. And, <laughs> you know, Maddie and I have, have done this particular podcast for over four years. Four years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've done That's it for over done. four years. That's amazing. You know, and um, it, it isn't normal Mm -hmm. like that's not yeah
1: it's not everyone has a podcast that they've done (laughs) for this extended amount of time Um, or at all or at all yeah absolutely or even know what podcasts are and that's just a reality of it
2: yeah but and i I do that because i need it yeah i I need i need this i need to have Mm -hmm. the i need to be able to practice these interpersonal skills yeah like i want to be better at mm-hmm. having conversations about things i i'm not good at yes like yeah. I, I feel yeah. like you know that's been one of matt and my strengths together is that because kind of coming to an earlier conversation matt has a lot of information on things that i would never do the research on because it isn't <laughs> it isn't of interest to me yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know but like Part of that is to be like, why is that? Or hear Matt out on it. You know, like Matt with judo, it's like, I don't know anything about judo. I don't want to get hit in the face. That's about all I know. (laughs) Right. You know, but like we get this opportunity to come together and not that he talks about judo all the time, but it's just an example of something that he's so much more knowledgeable. Yeah. Yeah. Know a lot about. I love this. I love this. So what made you start it? Uh,
1: So I actually, when I, in my professional life, I was noticing just like that gap, um that i had such a different experience in groups and teams uh in improv and you know we all kind of adhere to some fundamental principles um one that's again talked about so much is yes and and i can talk about yes and and you know what that actually means um but a couple of other things uh, like supporting each other, and um, you know, you're just as value. you're only as good as the person sitting next to you. So you better support that person. There's a lot of those kind of tenants that are baked into improv. Um, but I wasn't seeing them translated into my professional life. And I, I got sad about it. I, I I wanted so much to like have these kind of bonding like experiences in my teams and um, have people who supported me just as much as I wanted to support them. But that wasn't always the case. And it finally came to a point where um, it's something I'm super passionate about and sup, uh, want to share with people about how this can actually change your relationships, uh, change how you work, and just make you happier. Like, I know, and this is gonna, and that's something I wanted to do and bring. Uh, And I have a skill in this. And I was like, this is something I'm super interested in. So I started doing a lot of research and talking to people who do similar type of work. And that's when I decided to make this transition into actually starting to do the training. Um, It's kind of grown from that. And it's something that I love to do because I see the impact and I see people um, when they finally understand like, oh, wait, um, I can have fun brainstorming. (laughs) I can like I judgment is fine and analytical reasoning is fine. um, But now I know how to use it in a productive way. That's not going to negate someone else or uh, diminish our trusting relationship. Like seeing all that come together is just super rewarding for me. And I don't, I let them experience it, so I don't have to tell them. They can come to it on their own and they experience it because you're going to listen to something you experienced versus something someone told you, and that's I think why this kind of training is so impactful because you truly experience the skills, you experience what it's like to be supported and to be engaged and to be a part of this environment versus someone up in front of a room telling you like, hey, you got to listen, or we've got to you know make sure that all voices are heard, all of that. Kind of, yeah, and right. it,
2: <laughs> that doesn't work.
1: It doesn't work. It doesn't work. If <laughs> I I always say, like, if knowledge equaled behavioral change, like I would never eat. <laughs> like my chocolate habit would be diminished, <laughs> right. so, but it, I'd it never doesn't. have
2: another Pepsi in my life. Right. right. But yeah. <laughs>
1: but the knowledge doesn't also necessarily mean behavioral change. Experience is typically what happens. And if we can build an experience where teams come together and can collaborate better and communicate better, that's the kind of work that I want to bring and want to do. Um so that's kind of why I started in into this.
2: So and I'm, I'm like I'm going to look at Maddie. Do you have any questions? I feel like I've been in No, 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 no. <laughs> I've
1: been... Go for it, Matt. <laughs> continue.
2: Continue. Yeah, please. Yeah. Well, hey. Um no, it, I will, I will tell you why I'm all questions today. So today no, at work last week on the show, we talked to uh Tess Hannah, mm. and she is a uh, social worker and we talked to and she runs a podcast that's about giving advice. Oh, it's like called it. Tess, wa- uh, t- Tess Talks You Through. And she. we talked about advice. And one of the things that I was doing was prepping to be a strengths coach. So I got tapped at my work. And my thoughts are my own. Um, <laughs> I do not represent the company that I work for in any way, shape, or form. Disclaimer um, is noted. Yeah, Disclaimer is <laughs> noted. But they, they gave me the opportunity to work on uh, strengths which uh, is based on the Gallup uh, polling. Yeah. You may have taken it, may not. Oh, yeah, Top five strengths. Yes. Um, And to do some strengths coaching. Today was my first group. I did uh, four of them today. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. Oh, cool. It was like really fired me up. Really was like, this is the coolest to kind of just talk to people about their strengths and develop an inter- interpersonal relationship with these people, and because I know this about myself that I need to, I need this. Mm-hmm. I need, which is like I need to come together and connect with people, yeah. In 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 what I would consider a personal way, mm-hmm. even if I don't relate, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that is something that I keep learning is like. Oftentimes we'll take a look at relationships or relations or relating and being like, you like to smile, I like to smile. We're the, there we are. But it, it isn't like that. No. Especially in the work environment no. where I think where I think it's like more often than not, because I'm kind of like this weird outsider, improviser, yeah. comedy nerd, performer guy who who's done all of these things. I'm going to walk into somebody who's spreadsheet, Mm -hmm. analytical, Mm data-driven, and I'm not going to be able to be like, here we are. (laughs) I like to smile. You enjoy a a stern look (laughs) on your face.
1: You like that Excel formula that's it's perfectly calibrated.
2: Right. But what I know that I bring to the relationship or what I can mm-hmm. bring to the relationship is the ability to be flexible. Yeah. The ability to see value in what you see value in. Yeah. Like, because it's Church. not... And it's not for us, you know, as like as an improviser, it's not for me to judge that thing that you're into. No, never. It's really more about for me to support that thing yep. and to add to it. Yes, yes. And by adding to it, then we can then we can make it something else. Yeah. And even if it's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because it's work. There yeah. is workflow can go poorly or you it can can't. go well like there there really isn't tons of ambiguity mm-hmm. when you're actually doing the work right yet at the same time there's room for the and yeah the additional like hey there might be some what i liked about the strengths pieces like mm-hmm. there probably is somebody in this group who has a knack or a strength or a something, Mm -hmm. you know, plants use this all the time. Like everybody on a line does the same type of work, but somebody might just know something or have a knack at. He can put on this thing three times faster than everybody else. Oh yeah. And he has the same tools, the same equipment It's all the same, but this guy Mm -hmm. is faster. Yeah. Why is he faster? Yeah. And it's like, because he has a knack at it. Mm -hmm. And then they base training on that knack to be like, oh, okay, let's share information, share the best practice. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, yeah, I just hold it with my elbow. (laughs) Like it's
1: like awesome. Yeah.
2: What does everybody else do? Well, they hold it with their hand. That's dumb because you need to be able to hold this too. So I hold both of them at the same time and I get to screw everything in at once.
1: Yeah. And the cool thing about that example is that um, the guy who has, uh, or the person who has that strength, then feels valued. And then they know that their skill is critical to the team. And I think that's what people forget is that your own unique voice and what you're good at um, is needed in your teams, in your, in your groups. And sometimes we don't think about that necessarily in the context of like, I can contribute so much to this team. I want to contribute my u- unique voice. I want to contribute my strengths. Uh, and then the person sitting next to me, I can enhance what they do because I'm really good at this and they're really good at that. Imagine if we come together. And so we start seeing how all these unique voices work together to actually make a really good team and everyone is their own self. They bring, um, what they're really good at to the work and people value them. And if you feel valued, you're more likely to come to work. If you feel valued, you're more likely to be engaged. You're less likely to take sick days. Um, if you're not really sick, (laughs) you know, all of these things, and then your engagement factor goes up and then your productivity goes up. So just by like embracing your strengths and being like, Oh yeah, I can share this with the team. I'm really good at this. Um, and owning that about yourself. And a lot of, I think in companies I've seen, um, sometimes it's, just as much as reminding them that their voice is necessary, that what they bring to the table is unique. And that's awesome. And then being like, Hey, now how, how do we play nicely with other people who have different strengths and their strengths are valued. And how can you play together? Mm Uh, and just creating that (sighs) environment with people is really critical.
2: You, you, it has to start with, in a business sense, it has to start with leadership. Absolutely. Because I know Matt can tell you stories about one of the places that he has worked at that takes an idea that's as simple as and as pure as your, what you're talking about and they weaponize it. Yeah. You know, yep. like we hear that. I hear that. I see that. Yep. With, with culture yes. in, in an organization Whereas, like, oh, Jen
0: Hansen has stories too, because we've worked for similar companies. And Uh,
2: whenever that happens, it's so disheartening Mm -hmm. because what the core of this is so true. Like, this is a clear North Star, a clear, like, hey, this is how you could. And at the same time, there's a reality that you don't get. When you're on an improv team, <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: you know, when you got seven people that want to make this ridiculous form work <laughs> and they're willing to go there with each other, mm-hmm. which is already hard enough. Yep. But then you add money to the mix. Oof. Yeah. And and tasks and things that have to be finished. It, it is it's very difficult because sometimes people just are looking out for themselves. They're not mm-hmm. looking out for a team, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like...
1: Yeah. Leadership has to make sure that policies, um, one, they embrace that type of mentality. They ha- There is a very, um, leadership sets the tone of culture and they have to embrace that mentality. Um, and they also have to align their policies and their business case to that type of mentality. Because if your business case or how you incentivize people is very much individual based and it's not um taking into account um, a culture you want to cultivate you're never going to achieve those type of results because you're going to get that person who's just in it for themselves doesn't care um uh, manipulating the system and that's going to tr- create that toxic culture that will just permeate into everything you do and then you're not going to get the you know 49% increase in your productivity you're going to get people disengaged uh, or my favorite term is active disengagement which is <laughs> <laughs> like i just actively disengaged no big deal. Um, I've been there. <laughs> oh, me too. I oh,
3: absolutely. Been yeah,
1: there. we have all been there, and everyone. Um, you know, when I when I come into an environment, or um, I did a a talk a, a month ago or so um, to this team. And I was like, you know, how many people, they say 17% of your uh, workforce is disengaged, um, at one time. So you'll at least have 70, 17% that's disengaged. Well, the interesting thing is I was like, how many people have been disengaged at one point or another? And everyone's like, Oh yeah, I've totally been there. Um, and so to me, I'm like, I see more of it. And if your policies or your leadership isn't embracing, um, this type of mentality, um, that not only aligns again your business case, your policies. You have to make sure that stuff is aligned to make sure that this type of work works. And um in in a lot of engagements, I have to do some digging because if we have policies that directly contradict what we're trying to install, that's that's got to be addressed. And if leadership isn't willing to address that, that's that's a different issue.
2: Then this is never going to work. It's never going to work. Yeah, it's okay. never going to take hold, it's never going to get to and again it becomes then I'm gonna corrupt this. Yes. Or it gets corrupted to kind of fulfill mm-hmm. especially a, a bad leader is so <gasps> oh, toxic to an so organization. Toxic. You oh. know, like somebody who doesn't know what they mm-hmm. are doing, mm-hmm. who gets put in a position of power because either their interpersonal skill on the one I one to uh you know, they are great at managing up. Yes. That, yeah, you that's know, a skill. that is Matt and I have both seen people <laughs> wonderful at managing up in our long careers. Yes, I've seen it too. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you're like this person does not know what they're doing.
1: No clue, no, no clue.
2: And takes your ideas mm-hmm. and it, and it's ugly.
1: It it can get ugly, yeah, for sure. And then that's really that actually has a physical emotional stress on you as the individual person and then you start checking out and then it takes a long time for you as the person to come back from something like that when that happens um and that type of toxic culture can cause a lot of physical side effects Mm -hmm. um a lot of emotional side effects and it's really sad when that starts happening
2: well being sad at work is triple sad
1: oh it's the worst
2: it it is it's You know, I I said that my depression is usually boredom, Um, (laughs) but like I literally have been sad at work and I was like, I spend so much time here. Mm -hmm. This is like half of my day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's not like things get better when you go home, when you, when you (laughs) spend all day sad at work. Yeah. Well... Sad or angry, yeah, and then you come home. It's like you don't just turn that off and be yeah. like, "Oh well, I'm home, so you know, I'm gonna take my sweater off. <laughs> I'm gonna put my other sweater on. Or I'm gonna take my shoes off and others. And I'm just gonna Mr. Rogers, to yeah. yeah. think it was like yeah, Mr. Rogers. It, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 no, that's that's not how things work usually, like you crack open a bottle, right?
1: <laughs> you do something. You have to like, you have to get that out. You're either yeah. talking to your, your partner, your friend, your roommate, your um, cats. cats, you're talking to them you're unloading it. Then you have to relive it because you're talking about it again. So you're going through this again. And then you you get wound up again because you're like, now I'm more sad. And then it's like, what coping mechanisms do I have? If I have any coping mechanisms and it just, it takes such a toll on you. And then, yeah.
0: and then you groundhog day it and you have to go back to work the next day. <laughs> and, relive? Yeah. and
1: the, The thing about it is you are not going to contribute at your best and you're not getting the best out of your employees or the people you work for or with if people are feeling like that. Mm -hmm. How can you possibly put out your best work when every day you kind of come in and just struggle for survival in that environment? And especially when there's so much research that's out there now that um, supports that collaborative environment and how much that can actually impact your bottom line and the b- true business case around creating a culture that is supportive that isn't toxic that makes sure that you're not feeling that way that you're not actively disengaged and then retains the top talent or the talent and it it's so critical to take a step back and to evaluate that to make sure that your people the t- the people in your organization are truly feeling supported and valued and engaged. And how do you do that? And it goes all the way back to how do you actually do that? And again, awareness is great. You have to have awareness. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is great. You have to have knowledge, but you also need experience. You need to experience it. You need to experience what it's like to be supported or to do the supporting. And how do you create language around that? What kind of language can you use? And that's what really got me interested in this kind of work because it's um, the improv, it's almost like a manifesto for how to do this type of thing. And it brings that language. It brings that experience. It brings that like self-awareness that comes of actually being like, oh, I actually kind of get what supportive language is, or I get how I can actually, if someone's trying to solve a problem that maybe I'm like, ah, I don't know if that's such a good idea, or if I don't know if that would work, How do, when and how do you apply your judgment to make sure that we can enhance this idea to where maybe it would work, or explore that idea, or take it in a different direction if we need to. But like, if you just, if Matt, if you said to me like, Elizabeth, I think I want to do that, and I say, no, right away, what? how do you feel?
2: Well, I'm never going to talk to you about anything. <laughs> No. Want to do again.
1: <laughs> you'd be like I'm not talking to that girl right? but if I dissected it with you and applied that through that dissection and used language with you together that we could kind of think through it what would you feel after that?
2: yeah it's a different situation
1: totally different situation and then I built trust with you and then we have a good working relationship and that starts going and leadership has to do this as well right?
2: and, and this, right. this is the other thing with the leadership piece to me is that if I see them being consistent in that yes because you know there's a lot of fads oh. when it, when it comes to corporate culture so many this uh you know oh well we were all parachutes last week but <laughs> this week we're all um this week we're yes andy, and this week <laughs> yes. we're we're strengths and this week we're this we're, the, we're the, and it's just kind of like mm-hmm. and it's it is finding what works for your team absolutely and at the same time like if you change too often Oof. nothing sticks and nothing. you're like
1: it's a flavor of the week
2: mm-hmm. right and then it's just like you get that mm-hmm. this bullshit again <laughs> yes. yeah this yeah. this this garbage what are we dealing with? what are we why do i have to do this
1: yeah and that that's the type of thing that leadership has to be very Um, consistent in it. And also people have to understand like when we are talking about building things that actually will make you feel better at work and make the company culture feel more supported and uh, supportive, sorry. Um, And just all around um, going in a direction that that people feel good about. You have to, it's more than just one time. It's not just a workshop. You can't just have a workshop once and be like, I got it. It's like uh, going to the gym and doing a squat and being like, Oh, I, I got the concept of squatting. I did it once. It's like like you're not going to reap any benefits.
2: Squatting mastered.
1: <laughs> I did the perfect squat and this is it. I'm good to go. What's next? It can't be that way. It has to be something that um, you build into the fabric of how you work. And that's where you see real change. And I don't think listening is something that's going to go away for us. And I don't think... Um, and, but the problem is we don't, how do we active, how do we practice active listening? How do we know the levels of listening? What do we need to know? Um, just educating and then giving people tools to implement that I think is critical.
2: Do you have, um success with like hr groups or how important is this for somebody like in the hr mm-hmm. because it's usually in my mind at least this is how it would work and i don't know if this is how it works at all mm-hmm. that it's more of an it's kind of through the hr team that <laughs> these things usually get taken in moreover than i met with the president of the company <laughs> and he said congratulations you
1: know. right um <laughs> I just I felt like I was going into Oz and like the, the door was the opening the door is opening and you know you see the wizard and the wizard is like welcome um, where my mind goes um no you do a, you do a lot I do a lot of work with um, people in training and in HR but I do actually work with um leadership and teams, uh, and then kind of through them also start working with the training departments because there's kind of two, two parts. Leadership has to be involved. Uh, and I really feel that way because just to your point earlier, if leadership's not on
2: board, it's not going to work. It's
1: not going to work. Um, and then training is really good to get involved because the training department, I'm one person, um, you know, I can't be everywhere. Uh, And I'm not in the day-to-day running of the company, but the HR department, the training departments can. So I give them tools to help um, continue that learning. I think the the buzzword right now is like micro learning segments. Um, That's a big buzzword that's out there. It's like, how can we give them little chunks to keep uh, this learning path going or keep developing these skills? Right. Sure. So that's something. Do but we have
2: a, a, a CBT for this <laughs> that I can put in my LMS? <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. And then you're just like, what? what okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's yep, it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm totally figuring that out. Um, but you know, working with those departments are, um, you know, I do a lot of that. But again, I actually um, work with teams and leadership. I would say almost more so than with HR. HR is kind of brought in. Um, And I think that's really telling. And when companies or leadership brings um, someone like me in, I think that's very encouraging to me because that says there's buy-in and there's want and there's a desire uh, to see something like this actually help people just engage more and feel better and feel more productive and contribute their best work. Um so when that starts happening I start that's when I see the most improvement when a training department calls me up and is like hey we're going to do this and then everyone else is like sure we are that that you know that's right. where it starts to And break they're up. like
2: here we go again.
1: Yeah, yeah that's when it starts to feel like the flavor of the week and everything and then people you have to do a lot of corralling and a lot of like um getting a lot of buy-in from other parts to see, hey actually sure
2: expectations yes, have to be
1: have to be set. Uh, so when I actually uh, work more with leadership, it's very encouraging to me because then I know that this is something that can really have a fundamental impact on the business. And again, they have to find that business case for it. They have to understand what, how that's going to impact the bottom line, how a change like this would um, play into their culture and into their company. If not, it's going to be a flavor of the week. It's going to go by the wayside because um, there's not a direct impact on their business. Right. And that I think I'm very big about making sure that someone who's you know you know very big into their bottom line and especially I love that person because I'm like yes like this is let's talk through that because we have to have a business case here, right? Yeah.
2: Um. Last question.
1: Oh no! Any questions? I love them.
2: Um. What's the one thing that you wish they knew about what you offer?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. Um. I think the one thing I wish that people knew is that this is so I, I guess I'll kind of back up here to the squat mentality. Um, I think about what I offer. It's really just, meeting you where you're at and a lot of people think it's just I'm going to come in and put this whole program on them and you know we're just going to run it and I'm going to run this program like I do I I can't do that I have to understand your business I have to understand you Um, I have to understand where you're at now to make sure that the skills we're building are directly in relation to what you need built for your business. And a lot of people don't think about that when people think about, Oh, active listening is active listening is active listening. I'm like, well, maybe active listening isn't the problem. Maybe it's the language. That's the problem. Maybe it's something else that's the problem. Um, so I can't just come in and kind of give, uh one size fits all unless someone's like, hey, we just want to do a fun improv workshop. I'll be like, okay, that's, that's great. No problem. Go out for drinks after, no big deal. But if we're really looking for a fundamental change that can impact your bottom line or impact your business, um, I have to know what's actually going on. I have to know where what the root of the problem is or what where you're getting stuck. And it's different for every company. So I think that's something that I want to make sure people know is that it is different for everyone. The other thing I think that this is kind of two part answer is that it has, it has to be something that you decide to continue to work on. Cause mm. back to that squat. Um, I know for me, I've been doing improv for 16 years. And if I go a week without practicing my like active listening or my, um, you know, acceptance or, you know, uh, support, I get rusty. And I've been doing this 16 years. I train this. This is a big part of my life. Um, And I still get rusty. So making sure that people understand that this is a muscle. These are exercises you have to want to do. um, And then allow yourself your own time to grow. Um, You know, everyone's at a different quote-unquote fitness level it's terrible analogy it's, fine, you're fine. <laughs> it's a terrible analogy um i just judged myself and i i shouldn't um <laughs> uh but knowing where you're at celebrating your strengths and allowing yourself that time to just embrace it i think is really really critical so just to recap i think everyone every business is at a different point and may have a different thing that they need to work on to have the largest impact and for them and their business. And they'll know more than I will. So, you know, I'm in there 40 minutes. You know, I'm not going to have every answer when you've been there 20 years. Right. So, so mm-hmm. I've got to make sure that, you know, I have a good understanding of what really needs to be solved. And then two, it is a muscle. This is something that's not always natural. So how do we practice that?
2: Perfect how do people find out more information
1: oh you can go to my website it's hilltraining.com. so it's h-i-l and then training.com so there's only one l in hill uh so you can go to my website i'm also on linkedin you can find me under elizabeth tripkowski hodis <laughs> hodos in the house no that was <laughs> another self-judgment <laughs> um but that's yeah that's where you can find me that's awesome
2: we have reached the part of the show where we talk about what we are into this week's speed round style.
0: Uh, Matty, you got something locked and loaded? Uh, I have been watching uh, season three, Young Justice, Punisher, and playing a lot of Hawkin. And when just when I think that I'm getting better at the game, someone comes in and blows me out of the fucking water. <laughs> and it's like... Because the better
2: you yep. get, the more skilled players they put you against. Oh, really? Yeah, there's skill It's skill matching.
0: Oh, I guess that's why I keep saying the same people whenever I play. Yeah, because right.
2: it's trying to balance. It's trying to balance it out. Okay, all right. So that you're not getting totally pwned.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. That ma- that makes word. a little more sense. Because I, I felt like a real chump for a while. There, <laughs> I'm glad you told me that. I don't feel so bad now uh
2: elizabeth you have something that you're into this week or some uh could be anything from a podcast all the way up to uh a i don't know a sandwich sandwich. a (laughs) A really great sandwich i'm
1: uh it's a podcast i am so excited that just came out uh it's hardcore history it's supernova in the east part two Um, I love it. It's Dan Carlin. I super recommend it if you're into history. I'm such a history nerd. So I think his sections are like six hours long, um, which to me is just like glorious. I love it. (laughs) Um, And so I listened to the part one and I've been waiting for like months and months and months to get part two. And he is, I'm into part two. I'm about three hours deep, I think. And I'm just like, I got to re-listen to it because I know I miss stuff. So I'm loving it. If you are at all a history fan. I absolutely recommend it. And by no means do you have to listen to it, but I totally recommend it.
0: It's awesome, <laughs> Maddie.
2: Uh, this week, um, the strengths thing, um, I'm really, I'm really jazzed by it. I really, really, it was more fired up today than I've been in a long time. I, it really. Uh, cool. Put some gas in the tank. So I'm excited to keep doing that and kind of see where that goes because I am looking. To figure out what my next step is. And I need something that kind of lights my fire a little bit more. Um, because, uh, you know, I do spend... its uh, I leave this house and I go to do it. And I'd rather be here... So if I'm going to leave here, I need to be doing something that jazzes me up a little bit more. Um, also, Resident Evil Two comes out uh, tomorrow. Well, it, at the time of recording, it comes out tomorrow, but it'll already be out. And um, one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, hopefully, Paul F. Tompkins and Mark Evan Jackson was good. I'm seeing that. So. I would imagine. Oh, that so imagine fun. It is. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's gonna be awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So super excited about that um you can get in contact with our show at matters pod on twitter at matters pod on facebook facebook.com co- facebook.com slash matters pod um i am at matt Noss on twitter
0: i am at karate dracula
2: and
1: i'm not on twitter i'm so sorry but
2: you're on linkedin
1: <laughs> i'm on linkedin which
2: is exactly where you should be that's uh, right exactly where you should be for the professional set
0: <laughs> um Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on. This is so
1: fun. I'm so glad uh, I got to be a part of matters. I'm glad. I know this is going to sound weird,
0: (laughs) but whenever I try a new non-dairy product, (gasps) I think like, oh man, I'm going to have to tell Catherine (laughs) to have her tell her sister. Send it my way. Yeah, because like if it's good, I want to be like, hey, she's try this. And if it's bad, I want to be like, hey don't eat this. It's
1: not worth it. Yeah. Not don't do it. it. Uh, for those non-dairy people out there, I'm with you. I feel yeah. your pain. <laughs> we'll share those delicious treats when we can that are dairy-free.
2: And we will share a new episode with you next time on Matters. Matters. And Matt and name is Matt and that's all that matters <laughs>
0: It was a good try it was, it was a, was a try. solid try.